I'm Julian Brandt and you're listening to Scouted Chats. Hey everyone, we are back after the transfer window ended. Of course, this is Scouted Says, as you heard Julian Brandt just say a minute ago. I'm Jack Grimsey alongside Connor Garrett. How's it going, Connor? I'm good. I don't think um, Julian Brandt did say Scouted Says, but um, we'll gloss over that yet again. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, he, he's got a new teammate, of course. He's lost a teammate for the rest of the season, Hakan Shahanolu, after that ban. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Some of you on Twitter. Wanted to hear about that, but his new teammate, Leon Bailey, just moved near the end of the transfer window, and more of you on Twitter actually are excited about him, so we'll be talking that, we'll be talking all the latest transfers, and yeah, I think that's that's really what today's going to be, is a transfer special, so who on there caught your eye, Connor? Uh, I mean, the big one for me was obviously uh, Nikia Jose's return to Swindon on loan. I'm not, he's not under 23 anymore, but... Um, it was probably the only deal that's actually excited me, apart from like a couple of other ones. Of the under-23 ones, uh, personally, I'm quite excited about Robin Quaison, who's gone to uh, Mainz from Palermo. Obviously, we've been going to Mainz. I'm interested to see how he goes. Uh, and he's seen really some highlights and stuff from him over the last couple of years. So it'll be uh, interesting to see him slot into the team uh, and see if he can actually end up being the long-term replacement for Ines Marley. He's obviously gone to Wolfsburg, which I was not excited about. Yeah, yeah, and Wolfsburg um, spending... The Draxler money that they got from PSG spent some of that on Yunus Mele, some of that on Rishili Bazor from Ajax, and they spent some of that on Paul George Intap, who we got another shout for him on Twitter. So thanks for your input, guys. Really appreciate that, and thanks for listening as always. But yeah, I think uh, Mines obviously had to spend some of that money. There was more action this year in the Bundesliga than we'd seen in years past. Yeah, it's, usually, know, it's usually not a very busy time of year. I mean, there's a the stereotype that the clubs are well run enough that they know going into the season that what what's right and I mean I think that's not actually all that accurate there's obviously just not that there's not a huge amount of money uh, in comparison to the other big leagues in the Bundesliga so you don't see these crazy signings but then very close to hitting 100,000 100 million sorry this this window so yeah it's definitely an active one um, most teams seem to have made a couple of interesting additions um, so very interesting I, I I don't know if you saw um, Schwart 1, uh, the German TV and radio station, have named Mainz as the uh, club that had the best window. Um, but yeah, they did a ranking and it, yeah, it's quite interesting to have a look for it. Yeah, I think, I think a part of it is the winter break. If teams are going to bring in a player in the window in Germany, usually they're going to do it in the first week or two even to because they'd like to, to have them train because it's basically another preseason. So, you know, if you, if you aren't learning the manager's schemes, then you're not really going to get back into the team at the start of the Rookrunde. Yep. I mean, it is such a, a vital sort of um, period of the, of the season um, for most clubs. Um, but equally, for for managers in other countries, about the halfway point of the season is sort of about... The, it's around the time that you can start to properly evaluate what's, what's been going on. You've got several trends sort of coalescing um, and you can sort of begin to be like, well, this isn't going so well how can we plug that gap in the team? And we obviously spoke a little bit about that with manager tra- changing last week. When it comes to recruitment with players, that's probably even more in- important because having a poor quality player in one position, you can see a very visible improvement if you plug that gap with a quality player. So a lot of a lot of teams will have been hoping that they can do that over this. We'll see obviously over the next few weeks, next few months, how that goes. But yeah, there are obviously several approaches to recruitment that um, teams can go through and... Um, yeah, obviously we'll be looking at a lot of the younger guys that have gone to different places. 
Yeah, usually it's not a complete overhaul, but Wigan did manage to sign eight players on deadline day. <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them loans, a lot of guys from PL2 sides, so some of those under-23 guys from Premier League clubs going to Wigan, see if they can get a chance there. But yeah, usually, like like you said, usually it's just plugging plugging gap or two, and a team that did that, Bayer Leverkusen with Leon Bailey, he's coming in. And it kind of seems like the, they might have known about this Hekin Shahanolu news a little bit before we did, because today it came out that Hekin had signed a contract with Trebzonspor back when he was playing with Karlsruhe still, before he'd even went to, to Hamburg or to Leverkusen, of course. But Trebzonspor filed a complaint in 2013, and today it was ruled that Hekin Shahanolu is going to be suspended for four months and has to pay a fine because he had signed a contract with them way back one yeah I mean they're throwing the book at him a little bit which I think is you know maybe making a little bit of an example that so players don't back out of contracts that they sign which is fair enough but at the same time you are actively banning a club that have not even like the next club like the the club after that so it's, they have very very little to do with it if anything at all and as much as it's a huge huge ban for Hakan Chalanolia the, the voices in the club really further the sporting director was saying I mean, he is one of our key players, and we're going to have to be without him for literally the business end of the season. Um, yeah, they have the Champions League against Atleti coming up. Yeah, and there's still 16 games in the Bundesliga to play. He's going to miss all of them. Um, so it's not like it's, it's not like this is a really small thing. I mean, four months doesn't sound like a lot, but yeah, obviously Champions League uh, round of 16 game, um, and obviously 16 half of the season, pretty much of the 16 games of the Bundesliga. It's I think it's a little bit hefty, but then at the same time, you can understand like he's him or his agent uh, or Karlsruhe have done something wrong. Uh, they obviously shouldn't have done that, so there has to be some form of punishment. I mean, before the pod came on, we were talking like surely a big fine uh, would make sense because realistically, going this was six years ago now, how much relevance does it have to buy a Leverkusen player, uh, the the, the, the Leverkusen squad at the moment? I think I feel like this is probably as much as it's a tough. Ban, it's, it's a tough ban for Chalanoli. Um, realistically, it's the club that are affected by this the most. So I, I do think it's a, a little bit out of proportion. You'd imagine that the club did know about this going to happen. Maybe not the severity of the ban, but the fact that it was obviously likely. You know, this has been going on for a few years now. Um, so I think the wisdom of bringing Leon Bailey in um, is obviously you can say then right that is obviously a good move. Then again, he's not. He's obviously not the same exact position as Chalanoli, so they're going to have to be ranked. Other people add to the squad, and yeah, I mean, not necessarily certain that they have the personnel to plug him one to one. They might have to change their style a little bit. And obviously, this has come after the transfer window. It's come after the winter break, so it might not be the best possible time for them, even if they sort of had an inkling it was coming. No, definitely not ideal. And they're they're not really the same position, but maybe you can shuffle Campbell around. Uh, Bellarabi just got back from injury. And yeah, you know they they're changing things up front because Chicharito, Chicharito hasn't been scoring like they think he should be. But it really is unfortunate for Hakan because this is probably his best Bundesliga year, at least with Leverkusen. He has six goals and five assists in fifteen games. So yeah, really really tough break for them at this time in the year. But um, gives us a chance to see what Leon Bailey can do. Yeah, potentially. I mean, you would imagine the step up from the uh, the Belgian. Um, league would be a little bit of a uh, 
a learning curve, especially for a young player. But um, he's shown what he can do in the Champions League gank. Um, he's obviously been playing very impressively for, for them over the last couple of years. Um, so it is interesting, but I do think it could be damaging to expect too much too soon. It's, I feel like someone like Julian Brandt uh, or maybe even like, like could step up or your favourite Kai Havertz might end up playing a little bit more of a role in the team in the Vukunder. So it, it's probably not a bad thing for all of the young players that um, that Leverkusen have got. I mean, a lot of them are obviously in attacking positions. Um, so, yeah, let, we'll see what happens. But he has been absolutely key for them. Probably one of their better players this season. Obviously involved in the most goals um, in the whole squad um, this season. So it, it's a hammer blow. And given that they've sort of dropped so far back in the table in over the last sort of couple of months, um, you would say that it's probably the nail in the coffin for their hopes of the Champions League. Probably makes it slightly unlikely that the Europa League is going to be even played in Leverkusen next season. So, Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big drop-off and not the season that they expected, but maybe it will be a chance to integrate some youth a little more than they'd planned on before, which, you know, could pay off in the long run. And... Like you're saying about Bailey, he's only 19, so he just moved to Genk even from Phoenix Academy in Jamaica in 2015. So he's only been in Europe for about 18 months. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't expect too much too soon from a guy like that. But the the uh, well, I mean, then again, he is he is a winger, and that's a position where you can make make an impact at that age. He's not a, a center mid that they expect to d- dictate everything. Oh yeah, that, that's true, but. You can't necessarily expect him to be consistent. Uh, and I don't think you can necessarily expect a guy that's come from Jamaica to Belgium, which, I mean, with all due respect, are leagues that are of a lower quality um, in the Bundesliga, to then become one of, a leading player for probably one of the better squads in the league. So, I don't know. I think, I think we, should, we should definitely temper our expectations. In the long run, this looks like a very good deal. Um, but is he going to replace their leading goal scorer and assist maker? Uh, in total um, this season I really doubt it and I feel like it, it's someone like Bellarabi or Julian Brandt that really needs to step up um, if they're going to plug that gap yeah yeah exactly One, those guys need to do better you can't just expect a 19 year old to come in and, and boost you to the Champions League places but they did go on a big run at the end of last season they, I think they won 8 out of 9 to get into the Champions League so you know anything's possible like you said still 16 Match days left there. A couple other Bundesliga moves. Wallace, a defensive mid, moved from Grêmio in Brazil to Hamburg, and Hamburg loaned Alan Halilovic to Las Palmas. Pretty exciting window for them. A couple, or we got another move for you on that later. Um, let's see. Also, in the Bundesliga, yeah, you already mentioned Robin Kaisan from Palermo to Mainz, but Deo Upamecano going from Red Bull Salzburg to Red Bull Leipzig. So, you know, they're adding a centre-back. Yeah, and um, obviously a few a few people on Twitter were mentioning that um, what, what do we make of him? Um, obviously, I don't think either of us are experts on the Austrian Bundesliga, um, as much as we'd love to be. Um, however, I mean, however, you would imagine that I mean, Leipzig's track record last summer was very good. It obviously brought Nabi Keita uh, into, the, um, into the squad from Salzburg in the summer. Um, you would imagine that He's sort of of a similar quality. He's obviously been spoken about very positively. He's impressed me in the the couple of games I've seen of him in the Europa Europa League this season, um, yeah, when they played against Schalke. Um, but that was yeah, that's such a small sample size of games to choose from for me that I can't say yeah, he's definitely going to to slot into the team right away and do great. Um, but yeah, he he does 
at least appear to be a good signing and um, it'll be interesting to see that how that develops over the next year 18 months tw- uh, two years um, you, you can't imagine that Leipzig have made a bad deal because yeah their track record for recruitment is so good um, and there's obviously a reason why he's been transferred within the franchise which I mean is a different completely different topic itself which we we talked about a little bit earlier um, what do you think yeah um, I think it's a great move just because of what it holds for the future. He's 18, uh, French French center back, so he'll be playing in those youth French national teams, so that's always good as well. And Leipzig, that's that's where they were the thinnest. It was apparent. They have like heaps of attacking talent, but not very many defenders even in the squad. You know, yeah. it's only listed Comper, Comper and Willy Orban are the only center backs listed outside of Upamecano. Yeah, and obviously with... Uh, Kyriakos Papadopoulos going to Hamburg on the yeah, 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 yeah. out for them. So it's yeah. I mean, I guess because he really didn't play a role at all in the Henrunda, it's not a loss to then bring in a talented eighteen-year-old kid uh, to sort of fill his gap when he goes off. So, and they they're ten points ahead of Frankfurt in third. They, I think they should be able to hold on and qualify for the Champions League, at least the Champions League playoff. Without doubt, for me, I think that they've. They show no signs of letting up. It's a very talented team. Um, they've, they've got quite a lot of mental strength. They come from behind in the last couple of games um, to win. Um, and yeah, I just I don't see I don't see an area of weakness in the team. Um, the manager's very good. The players are very good. Um, it's just a shame it had to happen to them rather than any other club in the whole of the, the league. Maybe apart from Cologne, um, <laughs> who are all sitting really well because they obviously won six one last weekend. Um, but yeah, there are obviously a few more interesting. Deals, I think, with that within the Bundesliga that might come to a head. It might might be more interesting in the immediate term. Obviously, Alexander Isak has uh, joined uh, Dortmund from ARK. That seems to be uh, a great upgrade on Adrian Ramos, who, despite I mean, yeah, he's only been a bit part player since he signed from Hertha a few years ago. Um, but yeah, if you if you if you can get uh, a young talent who's obviously been compared to. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic in, in his native Sweden uh, to come off the bench in those games instead of a, a guy that is you know getting a little bit on, getting on a little bit maybe he's never really been of the same level of uh, sort of prodigiousness than a, a young Zlatan um, like Isak supposedly is um, so obviously I would be- I, I don't know he's he's obviously similar in build and he's Swedish but I hate that comparison because Zlatan like he had the craziest child that he was stealing bikes from the assistant manager at his youth team like I don't know well yeah if you, if, if, you're, if your country's known for like one player at the moment and, I mean obviously yeah it's just an annoying player. annoying Twitter cliche yeah you, they've obviously got a lot of good players at the moment but they're known for this their one great world class player and he's like supposedly the next uh, one Um I, I don't think it's that harmful because I don't think anyone's under the pretension that he plays exactly like him, like he has the exact same background. Um, yeah, it'll be, it, it, it's obviously going to be interesting to see how he unfolds and how he compares to different players, but I don't know. I mean, maybe building him up to be, yeah, he, he could be one of these world-class players that challenges Ronaldo or Messi like Ibrahimovic has been in his career. Um, or maybe maybe he'll be filling the void left by Aubameyang soon because there's Dortmund sporting directors talking, they're saying Aubameyang needs to stop talking about his future because every day it's this, this, this. I'd love to play for Real, whatever, you know. So the thing is, he seems to be asked about it. Like, what is he supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
he's he's said many times that he's sort of very happy there as well. So I feel like no, no, I'm not trying to stir anything up. I'm sure he is, but and now now Dortmund are back into fourth, um, ahead of goal difference on Hoffenheim, who did suffer their first loss to to Red Bull last week. So yeah, we gave him the no kiss of death by up last weekend on the podcast. Um, well, no, Central Wagner did by getting stupidly sent off. They would have been able to hold on for a draw. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm taking credit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I think obviously probably the last big young deal that we've uh, we've got uh, involves a uh, Parisian connection to the Bundesliga, and that's uh, Julian Draxler, who's gone from Wolfsburg to Paris Saint Germain. Um, yeah, and and Ligon spent a lot of money in this winter transfer window as well. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not the only young attacker who's gone there because. Uh, Gonzalo Guedes has signed from Benfica um, to PSG. Um, that is, I, mean, I think, those are two sort of very interesting signings. Draxler seems to have settled in right away. He seems to be in the goals every time I uh, refresh Kicker's Instagram. He seems to have scored another brace or something. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yesterday in the in the French Cup, he scored two against Rennes. You know what? What a time to be alive for him. Um, I, there's obviously no doubt about his, his talent. It's just having now forced his way out of two clubs, uh, throwing a bit of a huff at both of them, you can probably judge, you can, you can question his uh, mentality and that will play out over the long term. But yeah, he's he seems to be taking to life in the French capital really well. Um, so Yeah, he's, he's kind of, um, Di Maria is struggling to get into that team now because Lucas is playing on the right and then they have Cavani centrally and Draxler's instantly been inserted on the left and there's no reason he's going to get displaced. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if 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 he drops off, then could become a, a topic of a discussion. But I don't know. He, he seems to be performing really well. Be interesting to see how he does when he plays sort of slightly higher standard uh, opposition than like the lower reaches of the French league. Obviously, oh, you mean like Barcelona in the Champions League? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> that, those are the games that he's obviously left Wolfsburg to join PSG for. Um, there's there's no prospect of Wolfsburg getting back to the Champions League for the next couple of years. I don't think. Um, and for his career, it's probably the right move. Um, he, if he's going to make a, a name for himself anywhere, it's going to be a club that are constantly among the top in Europe. And you know, one of these years, eventually PSG have to, by law of averages, make it through, get a decent draw, and yeah, maybe challenge for the title um, of the Champions League. But uh, yeah, we'll see. He'll yeah. probably throw a half in eighteen months, and he'll be off to Arsenal or something. So who knows? Well, PSG, they've what they've done the domestic trouble the last two years, I think. That that might be wrong, but um, it's it's not Paris's league this year. No, At least uh, not yet. Yeah, anyway, after yeah. after twenty two rounds, they're three points behind Monaco and Nice. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that they're walking the league, but um, I think no, the, yeah, the, yeah, the disparity between the sort of top few teams and then like the rest. Um, but it, it is good to see them them being challenged and stronger, having stronger competition at the top. And Lyon, they're in fourth, but they did just sign Memphis Depay. And that's going to be fantastic to watch him alongside Nabil Fakir and Alexandre Lacazette. Yeah, I mean, seems to be that everyone plays as them on FIFA seasons now um, <laughs> because of Depay. And on a serious note, like... Um, his career really has flagged in the last few years at Man United, hasn't it? So it'll be interesting to see how he kicks back on because... He never got a chance this year under Mourinho. Well, yeah, but, I mean, given how he played last season, and you'd imagine that Mourinho's... He's, I don't think Mourinho's like, completely written him off at any point. It's just that he might not have been training well. It sounds like he was like unsettled in Manchester. Um, so I don't think it's completely unfair that he's not really got a huge chance out there. Um, 
obviously for him, he'll want to re- to reignite his career in, in Lyon and have another sort of season like he did as he, when he broke out with PSV. Um, yeah, I think United was just too too big of a jump too quickly. And if, yeah, I mean the thing is maybe he needed another year in the Eredivisie. Um, maybe he needed to go to Lyon when he went to United. You know, I mean I think that's uh, that's probably a fair point. I mean. It is hard to tell in the Eredivisie if someone is the real deal or if they're like a Teja Kesma or something uh, who like uh, went to Chelsea years ago having been the top scorer in the league and then did absolutely nothing. Yeah, just destroyed Dutch defending, but then... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there were so many strikers or attackers that completely outperform. In, in it's, a, it's a fun league, but it's not always um, yeah. representative. So, so obviously he looked like this complete world class player. Maybe we we're wrong, or maybe it is Man United stifled him. I mean, he was he was good for the Netherlands, you know. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, in a in a sample size of very few games until he signed for Man United, so I, I don't know. I think it, it's completely harsh to uh, it'd be very harsh to um, blame Man United for him not doing well because I mean, obviously he he's been playing for the national team still, and they didn't qualify for the uh, the Euros. Um, which was yeah. well, by all intents and purposes easier <laughs> pathetic to than not, um, but yeah. Um, but was, yeah, a lot of a lot of spending in Ligue 1. Um, Marseille bringing in Morgan Sasson from Montpellier, um, shore up their midfield, and of course Dimitri Payet, but he's he's old. Um, and yeah, like we were talking about PSG as well. Jesse Rodriguez is moving on loan to Las Palmas. Yeah, so like Las Palmas are gonna be a. An interesting FIFA team. From there. I know, yeah, I can't wait. Like, uh, Halilovic and, you know, of course, already Botang and, yeah, I don't know. They they already scored the best goal of the year. <laughs> so, try topping that, but <laughs> should be, I don't know, it's good to see some La Liga teams spending money. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, you, you'd expect it from like a Barcelona or a Real Madrid. I mean, to be honest, they don't really need to... Uh, to replace people in the window because they've usually just got so many players that the team picks itself regardless. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to hear that these sort of uh, middling, lower lower table clubs are uh, able to attract some uh, some decent players because I mean... There are, Los Palmas are just six points off of sixth. I mean, yeah. But... And Villarreal, but yeah, and there are 18 points or 15 points clear of the drop. The, the bottom three teams there are sunk. But, you know, you're right. And I don't know. Can we talk about for a minute how obnoxious it is that Las Palmas even like can have a team in La Liga? It's so far away. <laughs> I mean, my geography of Spain is absolutely dreadful. Is it like right? It's up? It's, it's by Morocco. Oh, so like it's in the Canary Islands. Lovely. Let's go there. Yeah, no, it would it'd be a fantastic place to play. Like, I mean, like yeah, you can have Mallorca. That's not very far. Yeah, but it's literally at the same latitude as the border between Morocco and Western Sahara. I mean, so, I mean I'm just putting this into, my, into maps right now, but um, I mean, I've been showing up for my complete Spanish geographical it's knowledge. Two thousand, it's two thousand kilometers away from the capital. No comment. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, you look at U.S. sport and everything's so far away. Well, I mean, obviously in the so. French Cup, you've got all of the overseas territories. I mean, <laughs> why I mean, what not are they like? in La Liga? I, don't, I see no problem with it, mate. Yeah. Russia. Realistically, no. And uh, I don't know. I don't have a La Liga team, but it might have to become Las Palmas. But <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy that, that that's a thing. And 
Yeah, I guess, oh, speaking of American geography, we did see a big transfer in MLS, Miguel Almiron from Club Atletico Lanús in Argentina. He's an Argentinian to Atlanta United. And that was for seven and a half million, or seven and a half million euros, I guess, in US. I think it's it'd be like not eight million because currency is nothing these days. <laughs> if Lanús had been a Mexican club rather than an Argentine club, could have made a joke about the wall. Apparently, it would, maybe it would have been a twenty percent, twenty percent tax or whatever it's going to be. My my avocado is there. It's over. <laughs> What's the point anymore? Surely you can get. Surely they'll grow them in Miami, mate. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like eighty percent of like U.S. winter produce is from Mexico or something. I don't know. Anyway, not to not to get too political for you here, but. Um, a club that's never been involved in anything political, Ajax, they sold Anwar El Ghazi to Lille, and his former teammate Ricardo Kishna is going to Lille also from Lazio on loan, so picking up some some former teammates to play there, and Ajax spending the money on a Brazilian, David Neres, from Sao Paulo, he's a 19-year-old winger. Yeah, I have no insight on any of those players. Yeah, I'm, I was just reading that off the list because, uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, it's, I don't know, that's kind of what they do. They just replace and move on to the next. Yeah, Al Ghazi was one of the players that was frozen out um, at Ajax a couple of months ago, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, but um, it should be it should be interesting for Lille. Of course, they're not really in the, the title race in France anymore ever since they sold Hazard, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much all we had today. Uh, Markovic moving from Liverpool to Hull on loan, I guess that's that's one more notable one. And of course, Gabriel Jesus scored his first goal for Man City. Uh, we've been hyping him up mostly, Steve-O. But yeah, I think I think that's it. Just another shout out to uh, Nicky Jose. Hope scores at the weekend. Um, I know that he's not he's not young, but you know. Yeah, Swindon. Um. Oh, and uh, and my other team, obviously, mine's with uh, with Boyan. Also, he's twenty six, but I don't care. Um, he he would have been in the scouter handbook if we used if we did them back then. He would have been in it every year for like six years. It's like he seems to be he's been around forever, but he's twenty six. Is mad. Um, but yeah, he seems to be very happy uh, at his move. Uh, and you know what? I'm very happy too. So that's yeah. Yeah, that that uh, I really think mine's did have a good window as Sportline said, but um, Scouter Handbook coming out at, what, the end of the month? And before then, we're going to be getting some interviews with some of the contributors on to some of these podcast episodes. So I'm not going to have one today, actually, because it's just transfers, but I talked to Tiago Esteval the other week, and we're going to air that, that interview sometime in the future and got some more on the way. So I want to thank you all for Listening to Scout It Says, you can find us still on iTunes and SoundCloud and my co-host at Connor Garrett on Twitter and I'm at Jack Grimsey. So from Scouted Football, goodbye. We'll see you next time on Scout It Says. Ciao for now.